welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. Uh, you've got me back with the Wolf today. We are finally uh, doing a podcast together again, mate. Yeah, I've uh, had a little holiday and then I got really, really sick. So I had like no voice for about a week. So yeah, to coincide with that, I've, I've really uh, copped a hammering in the rankings the last two weeks. So I blame the holiday. I blame the sickness. But yeah, it's a uh, Good on you for holding up the fort. I know you've um, dropped your pants a few times for a few other <laughs> podcasts the last Mate, few weeks. They've, they've been loving me. You better watch out. Look, I knew I knew you were the star. I just had to find the right time to unveil you, mate. So <laughs> it's been good. And, and I've, I've enjoyed listening to you guys as well. So it's been great. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at NRLSC underscore champions. And also, uh, you can get me at CatfishSC, and you're at GFeeny10. Yeah. Um, how was your week? I think it was pretty rough for both of us. Yeah, it was, mate. I've, the only real downside to my week was um, I had to play the two Broncos boys in my centre wing, um, Tessie and Coates, and I'd, that's, what's, that's what brought me down a bit. If I didn't have them and Katoa, I played him instead of Walters. So three... Oh, well, two decisions I had to make and one that I chose. And one, two, two, nine, you'd normally be happy with, but it's knocked me down, um, back down to 9K. So still chasing that top 1,000, but um, another half a season to go. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, and a rough week for me. I had 11.74, which, so this is what frustrates me because I finally cave in. I broke my team. I got Teddy, right? And to do that, you know, I had to trade out Ponga and McInnes. And I was thinking, like, originally I didn't want to do that. I was thinking, look, I'm just going to hold McInnes. I just want to get a, a centre wing in because my centre wing is, is, is pretty gross. Um, I, I've still got Luttrell, for example, and I was going to trade him out to get someone. But then I thought, look, I'm just going to – I'll just bite the bullet, cop, cop Teddy. So to do that, I ended up having to play Milford and new in my 17 so that hurt a lot because obviously teddy he did well but you know I, ponger outscored him and mckinnis you know 61 or whatever which is okay it's not nothing flash but then i lose angus right so i need the extra back road depth so my moves this week really hurt in the end uh and i brought in firmer thinking at least he'd be on the bench or whatever now he's been dropped altogether so that's <laughs> not the end of the world but it's not not been a good week, so I ended up losing twelve thousand ranks in two weeks. So cool. not not great. Um, I'm still hanging on to thirty three thousand, but look, it's not too bad, right? Because you're about roughly just over four hundred points outside the top one thousand. I think it just shows, right, how how close to comp is this year. And even for me, back in thirty three thousand, I'm still under a thousand points to the top one thousand, which sounds crazy, right? And we still got ten weeks to go. Yeah, it's so. pretty. Yeah. It's- I mean, it's starting. The time's starting to run out, but um, yeah. If if you want a top thousand finish, that's definitely still uh, feasible. But we've got uh one of the boys in our champs group, Ben. He's the coach of In Paris Singh. He's coming 198, so waving the flag up there at the pointy end. Um, keep going hard, and we'll be riding you home. Yeah, look, it's kind of embarrassing, right? We're getting flogged by half the champs in our Discord at the moment. <laughs> I think you even for you, you're coming nine thousand. There's that there's about twenty five champs, if not more, doing better than you. And I won't mention how many are doing better than me. So look, the the good news is we're giving them good advice. They're doing all right. Uh, if only we could get it together for ourselves. 
But look, quick shout out to uh, Group Comp as always. Um, group code is seven one five one two one. If you're not in that, sponsored by Supercoach Championship Rings or SupercoachChampion.com. Got Ben, the coach of Juice Gorilla, still in tenth. He's been leading for a while now and obviously doing really well. I had a look. Tenth is only two hundred seventy points away from number one, who has been you know flying. Uh, has a nice little just under 190 point lead. It's been there for a, a number of weeks now. So, you know, I, I think that's not a lot of points, especially not this year, right? Because you're seeing 1400s, 1500s every second week. People can have a bad week and score 1200. That's a 300 point swing. And like, I think leads can get obliterated in one in one or two weeks easily. So, I really think there's a lot, a lot, a lot more time to go. And hence why I'm thinking like a thousand points, even for me, to make the top a thousand. Sure, it's going to be a tough get, tough get. But you know, all I need to do is nail the one or two captaincies and then pick the right pods, and and you know, it it could be very well doable. So definitely going to keep at it. Um, and just a quick reminder: if you chuck in the promo code Champ, that's C H A M P, you'll get 10% off and free shipping with SuperCoachChampion.com. So go check that out. Anyway, we're going to quickly catch up on the injuries for round 10. There's quite a few. Um, as always, NRL Physio catching us up with that. So I've chatted to him here. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. Welcome back, Brian, the NRL Physio, to join me as always to chat about injury news. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, I'm sorry for beating you a couple of weeks ago on draft, but you know how it is, mate. <laughs> mate, I had to take a couple of weeks off, lick my wounds, you know. Um, I literally was off a couple of weeks ago with sore back, so uh, physio with sore back uh, caused by massive loss in draft. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it helps when you have Tedesco. So yeah, no, it's, and uh, I think it was at the week where he put up like 200 or something like that, possibly. It, it seems like every week he puts up 200, so... A feeling it was the Cowboys game, so I was about 178, so not yeah. quite 200. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bugger. Yeah, you know, know, just didn't quite get there. But look, that's that's enough of that. Um, I'm back <laughs> at the top of the table now for that league. So nice, mate. It's good to see. It's going to be interesting. I might as well lock in final soon, I reckon. <laughs> that's it, mate. He's calling it early. No, uh, no. I'm getting a buyer for a lot of luck. I think I had like the second or third lowest score last week and uh, managed to still jag and win. So. Oh, mate, the beauty <laughs> of draft. That's it. Head-to-head drafts. It. It's all good. Look, having said that, um, jump straight into it. We'll go through game by game, starting off with the Roosters and the Raiders. So, obviously, the big news here, Angus Crichton, uh, done an MCL injury, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, moderate grade, usually with the sort of lower grade ones they can sometimes sort of you know stay on and try and tough it out you know with some strapping we've seen a few guys um do that over the last couple of weeks but um Crichton kind of came straight off he couldn't really walk um all that well so that usually gives you a bit of concern that it's at least kind of that grade grade two or like a partial tear and the roosters did come out and say a moderate um mcl sprain so look teams can be a little bit cagey with their descriptions and stuff like that but usually like grade one two three minor moderate severe um are you kind of you know your translations i guess so moderate you're usually looking at a grade two um and i think like the quickest you can get back is kind of a three week return um we've seen munster do that so 
just to clarify, a three-week return is kind of missing two weeks and then sort of coming back on the third. Um, so I think best case, you know, he'd be looking at sort of two weeks on the sideline, and that's that's very best case because, um, yeah, most of them are sort of that four or five five weeks return to play, especially for like a forward or someone like that, um, you know, an edge forward. So, yeah, he'll at least be missing for a couple of weeks. So it means yeah, yeah, whoever gets that edge spot at the um, at the Roosters will will probably at least get a couple of games of some good scores. You mean Orbo Gun? Well, that's yeah. I mean, I eyed him off in Classic this week, mate. He's nice and cheap, so don't do could it. Be, don't could do be it. a winner. <laughs> I think he played 80 minutes or something. <laughs> He's got like 20 something. Yeah, mate. Look at that value <laughs> in the center wing. Can't go wrong. <laughs> But look, so realistically, round 13 earliest, and that's assuming everything goes perfectly, um, possibly as far as round 16, if, it, if obviously the recovery doesn't go well for him. So yeah. I'd say, I think, a trade-out on the cards, right? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't be keeping him. Once again, I mean, we talk, we've talked about this with players throughout the season, but in such a short season... I don't think I think if a player's missing sort of more than two weeks, like you, you just you, you've got to with the number of trades we've got, um, you've got to move him on. You once yep. again you don't know like it, it could because with grade two it is hard and moderate sprains because I think once again we talked about before where that that can be you know a ten percent tear or a ninety percent tear like it covers a fair range so you just don't know exactly without the roosters sort of giving you an exact this is how many weeks we're kind of expecting that kind of three to six week, you know, thing, uh, like, you know, range is, is, is fair. Like it could be, it's just as likely to be any week sort of in that range. Um, so yeah, for me, a definite, definite trade out. On the Raiders side, they just had Michael Oldfield go off around half time with a hamstring injury, expected to be back this week on, um, sorry, not this week, next week or the week after. So nothing too relevant. Supercoach wise is not no. like you're really wanting to get, um, <laughs> Yeah, whoever. I mean, imagine him. Curtis Scott comes back in, but he's been rubbish this year. So. Yeah. On to the next one. So we've got the Storm and the Titans. I think the Storm were pretty much um, injury-free. Yep. Um, aside from Finucane, uh, I noticed he only played 34 minutes, and yeah, I can't I find... I didn't see anything for that either. I was actually going through um, doing some research for draft pickups this week and saw that he had 34 minutes, and I did a bit of a dig into that as well and couldn't really find anything. So... I'm assuming um, that it was because it was, you know, a bit of a and a walkover, and <laughs> yep. he didn't, you know, he wasn't required. Um, but yeah, that is a bit of a mysterious one. I, I even took the trouble to go back and sort of look at the footage, and he didn't like I didn't see anything um, troublesome there. So, a bit of a mystery that one. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I did the same as well. <laughs> Looked it up, um, couldn't find anything, and yeah, absolutely nothing to indicate any sort of injury there. So could just be the early, the good old early shower. Uh, on the Titans side, they had Jamal Fogarty go off um, probably in the last nine, ten minutes or so with a knee injury. I don't think we've heard anything from them though at this point in time. Yeah, and that was a that was a really weird one in that like the he kind of did it play they played on for a couple of tackles and and the coverage kind of looked at the his latest involvement which was nothing then went back a couple of tackles at one where he kind of got up a bit hobbled um so it was a really really strange one um like I, I couldn't see anything you know in in either of those incidents super obvious there was obviously something there um with those ones that are a little bit mysterious you're often looking looking at like the most common that we see is like a meniscus injury because they can 
meniscus injuries can just be from like rotation of the knee um you know so a bit of a twist and stuff like that that isn't super obvious and it can just get caught and get a little tear there so whether that's the case look like hopefully you'll get something once again we're recording this sort of pre-team list so hopefully something will come out with team list um as to what he's actually <laughs> suffered fair enough there uh, moving on to the next game the tigers and the broncos the tigers are pretty much injury free so no yep. issues at all um, the Broncos, aside from, I don't know, mental scars, psychological scars, <laughs> Corey Oates off for a couple of weeks um, with, thankfully, not not a compound fracture, which was for the initial fear, right? Yeah, oh, that was crazy. Absolutely crazy because there was not much, like I was kind of grasping at straws trying to sort of justify how he could have fractured his femur. Um, and not only fractured his femur from such a you know innocuous tackle, but then stood up on a fractured yeah, femur that's it. Um, and play the ball like it, like I was just sitting there. And and it is one of those ones I guess worth quickly pointing out that you know in those kind of scenarios I'm not going to jump up and down and be like you know um, like talking over the medical staff kind of thing. People I got a bit of feedback, constructive feedback as to. <laughs> you know, how I could uh, post that there was a a fractured femur on something that was so innocuous. But you always, I'm always going to defer to the people who are there (laughs) assessing, um, assessing the player because they're in the best, very best position. Um, They obviously, you know, saw the the gaping wound and and really, really deep. and, And they said that the size of the wound was the thing that worried them the most is that it didn't look like a tag. You know, tag marks usually have a pretty distinct kind of wound. They said it was fairly round and fairly large and and look you can sort of see how that that could have been you know a bone that popped out but but certainly yeah there were there were quite a few signs there that was like well hopefully this isn't um a fractured um a fractured femur and it it turned out not to be which was awesome news because fractured femur you're looking at you know at least six months recovery and and um yeah not not a fun time um but yeah now and, and the bigger miracle is the fact that they uh that the deep laceration avoided the uh, femoral artery which is the artery that runs down the the inside of the thigh um so he avoided that so yeah now it's pretty much tissue healing and then the thing for him is that infection risk because yeah. he's had that staff so two to three well usually look anywhere from sort of two to three weeks best case to sort of six to eight weeks worst case but to be honest with you i think with him it'll more be that infection it'll be seeing you know does he does he contract an infection again if he doesn't then it should be a pretty quick return Good news for Broncos fans there, um, <laughs> amongst yeah. the whole heap of not very much. I was just about to say, yeah, far out. But let's move on. Next game was the Dragons and the Bulldogs. So the Dragons, again, injury-free, no issues there, which is good news for them. Uh, for the Bulldogs, they had Kieran Foran, yet again, unluckiest man in the NRL. Uh, toe injury this time, I believe. Um, and then he, I think he got taken out, high shot, basically. Yeah, so. yeah, straight away, poor <laughs> But um, um, so yeah, he didn't return. yeah. Thankfully, like there was a bit of a bit of a worry there. Like there was not like he's had it reconstructed before that toe, 
um, the the re-injury rate for after that surgery is really low. So it would have been like super, super unlucky slash unfortunate if he did re-injure those ligaments. Um, and he kind of was a bit worried because he felt the click and that was the same click that he felt the first time he injured it. Um, but scans have cleared him of an injury, which, you know, for foreign is, yeah, really fantastic news as much as people like to rag on those injury um, yeah. those injury prone players. You know, um, he's done, a whole heap of work to return from a shoulder injury that should have taken, you know, nine plus months. He came back in seven months. So, um, you know, hats off to him and hopefully he can um, stay injury free for the rest of the year. Fingers crossed for, especially for Bulldogs fans, Dave, foreign makes them a much better team. Definitely. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think he's been in, you know, great touch this year. All right. Next game was the Rabbitohs and the Knights. So the Rabbitohs, they had Ethan Lowe. Um, go down with what seems to be a pectoral injury from a potential percussion tackle, so that's not great. He's out long-term, isn't he? Yeah, so, sorry, uh, he was the neck injury. It was right, Roberts who was the peck. Yeah, 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 that's all good. My bad. Um, yeah, that's no, why, that's why I've got you on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, so neck injury, he... Um, he had a neck surgery um, a couple of years ago. Um, so they think it's kind of a re-aggravation of that. He had a disc, he had a bulging disc a couple of years ago that they kind of shaved away from pinching on the nerve. So, um, yeah, they've um, they've shaved, well, I, they, they, they've shaved that away, but whether it's sort of bulged again or it's a different disc, they're not quite sure. So they're getting a review this week, but uh, there was one report out there that surgery is looking likely, which will be at least kind of a three-month recovery. It's tough, obviously, because you know he's he's a pretty tough player, and it takes a fair bit to keep him off the field. So mm, fingers crossed, it's not too bad for him. Uh, and yeah, sorry, Jimmy the Jet. Um, he played out the game, so he obviously hurt his pec, but then toughed it out, which kind of explains the fact that he was barely sighted. But... Well, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look, I, that must be some effort to be able to play through that. Oh, mate, like like I've got a um, a little physio sort of group chat um, in amongst all the, you know, the different physios that I went to, to uni with and, and became mates with over the years. And, like, you should have seen that chat lighting up at the time when he first injured it because we all just went, well, he's just torn his pec. And then he stayed out there and everyone was just, you know, we were just, yeah, flabbergasted, I guess, as to how he was staying on because his arm, he couldn't, could barely lift his arm, um, you know. But to, to stay on, I mean, super brave. Um, also, you're like, why? Um, you yeah. know, obviously they made they made a they they had a really good chop at um, making a comeback and and nearly got there. But um, yeah, unfortunately for him, he um, yeah suffered a ruptured pec, so you can't can't really um, go without surgery with those ones. Unfortunately, if you're a professional sports person, so he'll be looking at least sort of ten to fourteen weeks on the sidelines. All right, and for the Knights, I think um, they pretty much got off scot-free, so no yeah. injury concerns to them, which is good. Onto the Seagulls and the Eels, I believe another um, a game filled of um, HIAs where they had to go off and get um, get checked out. But I, I mean, aside from just going through the protocols, right? There's not much real else we can really talk about there. Yeah, no, you just have to look out for reports during the week as to how they're progressing. Yep. And I think we've spoken at length already about the, the turnaround times and things like that when we yep. had the Teddy dramas. So yeah, that's we'll move right. on for that. With the Eels, I mean, Junior Paulo, I'll talk about him real quick because he obviously had back spasms, uh, back injury last week, but come out, played 61 minutes this week. So safe to say he's all good. 
Yeah, that's right. Look, it, it is one of those things I said at the time when he had the limited minutes. That it's a bit like I'm sure there's plenty of Jai Arrow owners out there who had him, I think it was last year or the year before, and he was having a bit of back spasms here and there. So it is still a bit of a week-to-week proposition in that, like, if you get bent the wrong way or hit in the wrong direction, like, that can kind of flare those spasms up a little bit. So it is one that, you know, you've got to be a little bit wary of in terms of, like, he could go out this weekend and, you know, 25 minutes in, cop a bit of a knock and then and then be done for the day. Um, yep. So he's probably not as safe as, you know, as, as some other players. Um, but, yeah, look, at like, you know, to knock out 61 minutes, he's, he's obviously, you know, doing pretty well. And, uh, look, we may as well talk about Ryan Madison, but all reports seem to be he'll be fine. I think they said that uh, had it been a final, he would have played last week. Yeah, so he and Fergo, there's not not too many concerns there. So for Madison, it is a fracture, but by the look of the brace that he was wearing, it was covering the tip of his thumb. Um, and usually any fracture in the tip of the thumb, a bit like a dislocation of the tip of the thumb, it's usually just mostly a pain tolerance issue. So um, they're probably both just getting a bit of a rest and then, um, and then coming back this week. All right, good to know. And aside from that, Nathan Brown did have to leave the field for an injury and that never returned. I believe it, it was a cork. Sounds like yeah, it was an injury. Yeah. yeah, so just a cork. Like um, It's one of those ones, as soon as it cools down, you could see him on the sideline on the bike trying to keep it warm, but as soon as it cools down, it just you get a bit of a dead leg and you can't really move all that much. Um, so usually the start of the week is going to be pretty nasty for him as that kind of you know sets in and, and gets a bit inflamed and stuff like that. But usually if you can warm it up sort of towards the end of the week, like maximum he'd be looking at one missed week. Um, but yep. most of them are able to return within a week. Um, and then he's just, once again, he's a bit of an increased risk of a re-aggravation because if he cops another knock to exactly the same spot, that can be pretty nasty. Um, But, yeah, apart from that, look, I would assume he'll be good to go this week. All right, and there were some concerns about Mike Acevo, and uh, I think he should be fine, my understanding is. Yeah, the ligaments were all good on the tests post game, which was which was awesome. So I kind of said at the time in one of my tweets, look, best case you're looking at kind of a bit of bone bruising, and that's that's what they kind of suspect at the moment. So it'll just look bone bruising can be pretty nasty, uh, but once again, like maximum you'd be looking at like one week on the sideline, which I which I it doesn't sound like he's even going to miss that. And I believe Mitch Moses. I think the plan is that he might return, but. Um, I think training reports from today seem to say he didn't train. So big watch on that, and uh, we'll have to just wait and see. Obviously, the Eels probably don't need to risk him, and they'll probably play it conservative, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not nothing that they need to – I don't think they need to risk him at this stage, especially because it's associated to a uh, – it's associated with his previous calf injury, so it's not something that you want to um, you want to be rushing. Absolutely. Now for the Warriors and the Sharks. The Warriors lost Patrick Herbert just before halftime, I believe. I think he got knocked out. Yeah. Um, so, again, HIA can protocols and all that kind of stuff. I don't think they had any other major injury concerns. No, not that I can think of. Yeah, obviously. Um, Elisa Katoa, um, on his return from injury, um, played decent minutes, but a lot of people blown up about his lack of work rate. And, I mean, was that just maybe just a fitness thing? Yeah, that's right. Like, you know, this is unfortunately, this is what, um, you know, coming back from those like three to four week injuries can do is you can have a little bit of a bit of a, you know, getting getting up to scratch 
kind of game, um, yep. especially for a guy who hasn't played a lot of footy, you know, um, to start with. So uh, yeah, look at this. That that's that what happens with those kind of injuries more often than not. Fair enough. And on the shark side, I think there was a concern for Scott Sorensen, um, who got injured early on with a knee problem. I think he yeah, kind of had to yeah. get taken off. There's yep. one of those tackles yeah. gone wrong again, unfortunately. Well, that's it. I think, um, unfortunately, my uh, hip drop um, name didn't catch on because I saw that Graham Annesley called it, uh, he's called it the hanger, um, the hanger tackle, which I'm a bit disappointed in. You know, here I am, you know, been campaigning for the old hip drop. But uh, look, finally, it's getting some, um, like, at least they're noticing it um, because it is one of those ones, we've talked about it before, where kind of two tacklers kind of, you know, contact up the top and then the third one hits the hips and drops down onto the, like, unprotected lower legs. So for Sorensen, um, apparently they're thinking low-grade medial, but um, they're just going to have to wait and see. I read the Sharks put out a thing this morning. They're waiting for scan results. Um, right. But he'll be he'll be a little bit relevant, especially for draft, um, draft guys, um, because uh, Nakora is suspended this week. So if Sorensen gets a run, he's always good for a good score, 80 minutes on an edge. Well, he also was starting lock, but... <clears throat> He was also starting lock um, this, yeah, this right. past week, so sounds like uh, John Morris is a big fan yeah. and, and wants to get him more involved, so I think sounds like a great pickup for draft regardless. Probably not really an option for uh, for. No, nah, it's not going not gonna to be a, a long-term thing. Not at all. Um, aside from that, I think that was pretty much it for the Sharks. And then the last game of the round, the Panthers and the Cowboys. Obviously, the Panthers lost Dean Huare. Really on, early on, I think. Um, and I think it was an adductor injury. Yeah, yes, that's just a groin strain. So once again, they'll have to wait for scans to see what that comes back with. But um, it's looking like, you know, uh, minor groin strains, usually you, we call them day-to-day. So it means like you can recover quite significantly from one day to the next. So hopefully it's minor and, he, and he's able to come back um, fairly quickly. Um, but yeah, you just have to wait and see what the scans come back there. You'd think they'd want to play it safe with him, given he'd just missed two weeks from another yeah, injury. Yeah, so. absolutely. And Dylan Edwards, this has been interesting, because apparently he had a bit of hamstring tightness pre-game uh, in the warm-up, but then he obviously played. And then um, just before like one of the tries, I think you saw him clutching. Like He, he obviously ran onto the ball hard, passed it on, and then you, you saw him in the background clutching at his uh, hammy. So And then he went straight off afterwards. Sounds like um, they, they're trying to say it's precautionary, but there must be some concern there. Oh, big time, mate. I was, um, you know, hammies. Like I, like I saw him in the warm-up and like he had, so he's, he had a hamstring strain at the end of May, which cost him the first couple of weeks sort of back from, um, you know, from isolation. And then he's grabbing at it in the warm-up and we've since found out that he had a bit of, you know, hamstring tightness and different things during the week at training last week. So for him to play, it was like, wow. And then, you know, obviously, um, obviously, whatever, whatever's happened, hopefully it's precautionary. Um, but it's certainly not something that you you like to hear um, as, a, as a, you know, potential owner or an owner in, um, in fantasy and, and just in general as a, a Panthers fan. It, it doesn't sound fantastic for the short term. Um, because, yeah, obviously, even if it is precautionary, if he runs out there this week, you know, once again, is there an increased risk that he suffers, you know, so like a partial tear or something like that? 
um, if he's been getting those symptoms sort of all throughout the week at training and different things. So, yeah, that'll be um, that'll be one to sort of keep an eye on. The Panthers usually release a really good injury report during the week, so I'm sure they'll um, they'll sort of acknowledge it in there. But um, yeah, definitely concerning. And I mean, there, there has been chat that Stephen Crichton might go to fullback, but if they're missing Fare as well. Um, that they probably don't want to lose both their starting centres in one week. So that'd be yeah, interesting to see what right. they do. He's Staines, Staines, is he eligible to come back this week if he went yeah. onto the wing and Naden went into centre? Possibly. Possibly. It just depends yeah. whether he's been cleared. I haven't heard anything yeah. about the quarantine so I issue. I think it was a two-week, two I think, that yeah. he had to have. So, yeah, I'm not sure on that one. That would be the only thought I would have. And then with, I mean, he also apparently had some lockjaw issues as well. That's not <laughs> going to carry on, right? That's just no, uh, <laughs> no, that's yeah, that's a strange one. That one. Yeah, that's probably the less said about it, the better, right? Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, all right, that wraps up um, round ten, I believe, because the Cowboys got off pretty much injury free. Um, yep. Yeah, they're all good from from what I what I saw. Yeah. So. All right, um, thank you again for your time. We will no doubt catch up with you again next week. Uh, so all the best with your classic and draft teams, mate. Oh, I climbed from 38 to 32,000, mate. So the run is coming. I You've can tell you. Me. <laughs> <laughs> with, with my uh, my holiday and then me being crook for the week, uh, like oh, I slipped like 10,000 spots in, in a short oh, space mate. of time. So yeah, look, I'm on, a, I'm, on a, I'm on a real charge, real charge in classic. Thankfully, I'm doing a bit better in draft. So. Well, you're you're right in the midst, the middle of the pack right now. I think in our in our um, draft legends league. So yeah, you can pick up your game, mate. Yeah, that's right, mate. I gotta gotta up my game in that league for sure. All right, thanks again, Brian. We'll catch you again soon. No worries, mate. Talk to you next week. Stephen, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations. The rest of you made the team. <sighs> Except you, you and you. All right, so that's enough about injuries. Look, team lists have dropped. There's a couple of doozies in there. So let's jump straight into it. Uh, first game with the Eels and the Tigers. So the Eels, the cavalry is back. They've got Mo- Mitch Moses named at halfback. Matto's back in the back row. Fogo's back on the right wing. And obviously all those fill-ins have dropped out. And Takarini's back on the bench. Uh, for the Tigers, they've lost Luke Garner, I think, to concussion. And then Cheekham starting in the back row, so not too much there. Who who stands out for you in this game? Well, I'm someone who I think might not stand out as much as he has been lately would be Clint Gutherson. With with Moses back, he probably should be able to take up um, some of the slack. And I just don't think Gutho will have to be as involved as he has been. So. For me, I think he is someone um, that might struggle. Another one, and I spoke to you this to you before, would be um, Nofo. If the Eels are on, I think he's a potential sub-50 score this game. Obviously, if you got him in, you're not training him out with the injuries, but um, I think he'll be in for a bad one. Depending on in, uh, how long Garner's out for, which I doubt it'd be very long, Cheekham could be a good shout as a downgrade, maybe if you needed someone to play this week and then go away, though. He's been, you never know, he might hang around too. There's not really a massive standout for me. I'm a bit worried about um, Walters. I think this might be a 
game he comes back to the pack. I don't think he'll be scoring a uh, 96 in this. I, I also think Leilua, after his big game, might come back. So those of you who are holding, and you probably have to to get his price rises, depending on how many injuries in, are in your team, I'd be probably leaning towards sitting him on the pine. Um, I actually think this game might be a bit of a um, dud super coach wise I'll just see in that being a bit of a um, defensive battle. I think Parramatta will um, get the win, but um, yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting, an interesting game. I don't think there's going to be a real massive scorer. Hopefully Madison comes straight back in and gets an 80. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been churning him out for fun lately, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, look, so Gutho, obviously he's got a pretty high break even this week, but he's maxed out in price. Uh, I was having a look. I think if you had, you know, jumped on from Ponga two weeks ago, and this was just after Gutho went went off with the 166, if you got on that week with the negative break even he had, and Ponga obviously with a high break even, I think you would have had to pay maybe five six thousand to get Gutho, and then you could do Gutho back to Ponga this week and make like two hundred fifty two hundred sixty thousand in profit. So if you did that, that was a pretty good move, I have to say. But look, I, I think there are some rumors. Uh, obviously Moses has been named, but I believe um, the word on the ground uh, from Wacko Jacker was that he didn't actually train today, and Jai Field was running around at halfback. So. Obviously, you know, first game of the round, not too much to worry about. We know exactly what's happening then. But it would be interesting if, if Moses doesn't play. I know plenty of people are hoping to see him go up against the Tigers as they also want to see Maddo go up against the Tigers. I can, I think you're right. There could be a bit of feeling in this game. Look, question, Harry Grant. It's a couple of weeks now where he hasn't played Eddie. And, you know, Billy Walters last week, he ended up moving to hooker with Luke Brooks coming on off the bench at 5'8". So what's your take on that? I mean, obviously Grant has been killing it regardless, but if he doesn't get those attacking stats, his base is going to be a bit lower because he's only getting about 65-ish minutes. Do you reckon it might actually be a, a decent move to pivot off him and jump on Cook or Smith or any of the other gun pods? Pod yeah, hookers? well, I, I think at the minute... Um... With the Appy news, I'd, I'd say a lot of people are probably carrying at the minute Grant and Appy, so obviously it can't be this week, but I, I don't mind it. I think, yeah, a, a pivot away from him, and um, I think maybe a template might be Smith and Cook for the run home, possibly, but yeah, he he just, but just when he's on, he's he, he just, just um, mate, he's a freak. I'm glad he's coming back to Melbourne next year anyway, but um. Yeah, I think that'd be the move in the future. Not this week, obviously, with Appy, unless you don't have Appy and you need someone else. But again, his break-even's fair enough. Like, he should be able to hit that. So, um, a move maybe in the future. Yeah, look, I think I think it just makes it so that he's not a, you know, a, a no-brander just hold. I think it is a legitimate case to sell him as well. Uh, look, moving on to the next game, we've got the Cowboys and the Seagulls. The Cowboys are still unchanged um, from their final team list. And the, the Seagulls, they do get Fanua Blake back. So uh, even though this game's in Townsville, he's managed to get his act together, get the flu shot, whatever he needed to do, and he's able to travel. Uh, so that pushes Pasika back to the bench and Waddell to the reserves. Who stands out to you in this game, mate? Again, probably Cherry Evans. He's in um, pretty good form. 
And, um, mate, the Cowboys are in all sorts. New coach. And, like, generally you see a bit of a bounce back when a coach has been sacked. But I just don't, I don't see it out of them. They put up a decent fight the other week. but uh, And they did that against Newcastle as well. But they're just not consistent enough. And, mate, the Eagles... If if they were fully fit, they're, they're a bit of a dark horse. They could beat any team on their day. But, yeah, they need Turbo back to compete against those top teams. But they should be too good for this side. Um, I think you wouldn't you wouldn't trade him in. But I, I think um, Joel Thompson might jag a try this game if you're going to put a bet on. But, um, again... <laughs> Gamble um, responsibly. <laughs> yeah, I think... Um, Aiden Fenua Blake and Marty Tapao might see some um, points in the forwards there, uh, just through offloads and stuff. I think it's Tamalo's been interesting. He hasn't had an overly massive game for a while, but he's still pumping out sixties. And at that stage, you wouldn't trade him out. But I like the um, look of that Dejan. He um. He he's playing in. I think he's available at centre wing yep. as well, playing in the halves. So he might be worth a look in the future if you need a downgrade and someone who might make some cash if he stays around. But yeah, no, there's again not many standouts apart from the Cherry Evans, the two front rowers, and the rest of them in either side probably aren't really super coach relevant. Uh, the word is, I think Michael Morgan due back round thirteen. So. With this being round 11, this is the second game for Dejan Arsi. I believe his nickname is actually Mustard. So maybe it's pronounced more like Dijon. <laughs> but uh, look, yeah, mate. look, a bit, a bit of Mustard in, in next week in the centre wing, not a bad downgrade. So that could be an option because he might stick around for another week or two. The one thing I'm worried about is if he, you know, Morgs is back and then the Mustard ends up on the bench, which will not be ideal, but... We'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I, I, he looked pretty decent uh, for his first game. So not a bad shout there at all. Uh, what about the hammer? What a try that was. Oh, mate. That, uh, he looked covered for all money. Then he just turned on the burners and he, he left them for dead. And to be able to keep his feet when he went through, he, he looks like a good prospect. But, again. Base is gross, mate. <laughs> yeah, base. <laughs> he scored most of his points from the weekend in that one play, didn't he? Yeah, it's gross for Supercage. He looks all right, obviously, NRL-wise. But, again, I'd, I'd maybe keep an eye on Masters when Morgo's back. But, yeah, there's there's not many in that C- Cowboys team I'd really want. I think um, the Hammer, you'll probably wait till he gets rid of these price rises and then trade him out. You need to start looking enough down in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, if not starting already if if you know you've made enough cash so yeah i think that's a good shout there uh moving on to the broncos and the storm so the broncos have <laughs> you look at the ins and outs right they've just half the team goes out half the team comes back in but look milford back to fullback tessie news injured dearden in at halfback croft to five eight finally stags is back and farnworth also from injury as well and um isako you know, Condolences to him. Uh, I believe he lost his father over the we- weekend. Um, finally, he's coming to cancer, so a bit of a shock for Paul Germain, but he's uh, out of the team now. And also Richie Kenner as well. Oates is obviously out for a couple of weeks with his leg injury. And 
Isaac Luke's been suspended for a week. And then we've got Corey Pax coming in at hooker. Uh, Joe Fahengawi off to the edge. And Pangai's on an edge this week. Ah, and then we've got Flegler and, Prop and Ben Teo back to the bench. And also Tyson Gamble, who's, um, uh, well, really the 5'8 slash centre outside back. Uh, does I don't, even, I don't even know if he's ever played any hooker. But he's on, uh, and the idea, I believe, is he's going to spell Corey Pax a little bit. And then Reese Kennedy back on the bench. So it is ugly. And the Storm are unchanged. So I think we had a chat previously. You called my Broncos putrid. And I didn't really have a response to that, right? I think it's it's a fair fair comment. They are gross. And I have to say, they're probably worse than I anticipated they've been. Um, I, I, honestly, you know, even after the 59-0 flogging, uh, even the first loss against the Eels, all of that, like, I was thinking, sure, we're bad, but... We still might be around that, you know, 9 to 12 range. Not playing finals, but probably not bottom four. But last week, like, that was just, that's bottom four garbage. So, uh, look, load up on the Storm players, right? (laughs) I think you have to. Brisbane's got no confidence. The coach has got no confidence. And the worst thing is, like, you, you could probably forgive them because of the injuries to the side. Like, they're still missing a fair chunk out of who were going to be their starting team this year. So there's there's reasonable excuses there, but they don't put any effort in. And that's the thing that's unforgivable. I think you've probably got three players who had a crack on the weekend. And, um, yeah, the, the rest of them didn't deserve their paycheck. So uh, I was talking about that to my brother-in-law too. He's a Bulldogs fan. And he's like, look, we're getting beaten. But he goes, but we're running out of near third grade side. And at least they're having a crack. And the Broncos just weren't even doing that. So, yeah, I think they're going to struggle. I'd be loading up on some Storm players, um, obviously. Um, And I'd discuss this with someone else. I think I'd probably go pivot away from Cook. I think everyone's going to try and get him. But I think Cam Smith would be the player just with the goal kicking. Cook's not going to get two tries every week. Munster's not a bad shout. Obviously, he had an attacking stat for his score too, but um, Melbourne will be looking for them. And then, yeah, I just... But again, the Storm, they're not... Their scores aren't massive either. Like, they tend to share the points around, especially in the forwards. So I'd probably stick away from their forwards. Um, The only one maybe you could have a crack at is Felice Cafusi. He's... For how good of a player he is, he might be a little bit underpriced at the moment. And they've got some um, some teams coming up where he might be able to get across the line. But, yeah, I think this might be a long night for the Broncos. And if you're looking at them, I'd probably... The only one I'd play apart from, obviously, Haas and Carrigan is Tavita Pangai, the three. And then um, keep an eye on Katoni Staggs because... Um, he's already shown it doesn't matter who he's playing, he can crack the line. Yeah. Um, yep. his break even. Um, just give me two seconds to bring it up. I think it's pretty high for this week, so you probably can look, especially against Melbourne. But like I said, I, I think he's someone I'll be looking in to bring in at the back end. They run Sharks, South Canberra, St George, Sydney, Penrith, Gold Coast, Para, and North Queensland. So it's a bit up and down, but. He's a good player. Sorry, I don't don't have his break even at the minute. But, yeah, no, nah, he, he'll go all right. 
Yeah, look, I, I honestly couldn't bring in any Bronco. <laughs> it's just not worth it. But I've still got Pappenhausen, and he was obviously disappointing last week, I have to say. You know, I was really thinking he was going to, you know, very least 70, 80 points against the Titans. I thought he could do that. And, in fact, the, the Storm outscored him in terms of his Supercoach score, which is uh, pretty painful. It's a bit like when I captained um, Cleary, who, who did all right for his 79 or whatever two weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, he, he almost got outscored by the Panthers team, who scored 56. So, yeah, sometimes you pick the batch up, you get the right call, but then the player doesn't go off. And it's a bit, it hurts when that happens, obviously. Um, but look, sorry, I digress. If you had Paps, would you just hold him for the week or would you try sell him to, I mean, if you had, if you didn't have Teddy, like, I guess, yeah, sell him to Teddy. But if you didn't have Ponga, for example, would you go Pappenhausen to Ponga? Oh, uh... If I had that luxury, maybe, but I just I I don't see with the injuries coming out. I don't know um, if too many people would have that luxury, but yeah, I think. I'd... Would you just hold him one one more week against yeah, the Broncos? No, I'd, yeah, I'd hold him one more week versus the Bronx. And try to focus on getting a monster or a Cam Smith in. Yeah, as well. I, yeah, I think that'd be the play. Like he could he could easily jag it something against the Broncos. Like I said, they're absolutely putrid at the minute. Yep, and I can't argue with that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, look, I, I was actually thinking Kenny Bromwich is actually a better option than Felice, and it's obviously Munster's back there, and uh, unless Croft is swapping sides, I don't think he will, but you know, we saw Lucy just go 135 running at Croft, so that's K-Brom this week, and I honestly think that could happen again. And look, last year, I think he scored 124 playing against the Broncos uh, as well. So, yeah, he's had, a, he's had a pretty good run of it lately against them. Um, I like Smith, Cam Smith, that is, over Munster. And I, I think that's just purely, I don't know, um, Cam always, always scores well. I think his career average is 80-something or, or whatever against the Broncos. And for that reason, I think if you only could get one of them, I'm actually leaning towards Cam Smith, especially if you own Appy, because obviously he's injured. Like It makes it a really easy trade, whereas, you know, to get Munster in, I mean, you're probably trading out another player. Um, yeah, so that's where I lean. I mean, if you, if you had to flip a coin, right, Munster or Smith, which Cameron would you get? Ah, uh, Smith. Yeah, same as me. Yeah, okay. That's fair cool. Um all right, look, I think if you can get a, a get a storm outside back um, at our car, left wing up against that Broncos right edge, which is pretty much conceded, you know, 50%, if not 45% of all the tries this year, I think he, he could score a hat-trick, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I think... High risk, high reward, because his base yeah. is non-existent this year. Yeah, no, and... His bases always hasn't been overly great, but um, yeah, like you said, uh, the Broncos' confidence is just shot, and something's got to change up there. So, um, yeah, he'd be worth a shout. But again, there's probably some other players I'd bring in before him. Yeah, uh, I mean, I have to think about because my centre wing again, it's gross, and uh, I'm already missing. <laughs> Uh, one centre wing. So depending on my trades, I might end up just copying an AE, which means because um, I've got so many injuries, I might only have 18 or 19 players available. So 
my A will only come from one or two players, uh, which, yeah, we'll have to see how I feel about that. Uh, but look, keeping it moving, the Warriors and the Roosters, uh, first game on Saturday. Uh, with the Warriors, they've lost Patrick Herbert for, to a HIA. Uh, so Adam Pompey comes in at centre. That's not a good sign for them. Jazz Devang are finally starting at lock, which was something we thought would happen a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and then Hetherington moves to prop. Blair's benched, and Eli Katoa starts in the back row as uh, Lawton's out of the side altogether. And um, also Parsi's gone out of the team too. So we've got Harris DeVita back on the bench and Lachlan Burr back on the bench as well. For the Roosters, obviously Angus Crichton out injured. Uh, Auburn Gunn starting in the back row uh, on the right edge. Nat Butcher onto the bench, which obviously hurts those who took a punt on him with Isaac Thew starting at lock and Tucker Aho back to prop and Lindsay Collins to the bench. I mean, Roosters, right? <laughs> yeah. Are you... I, I think... I'm not sure, but do you reckon there could be a late change swapping Butcher and Liu or not really? I don't know. I mean, Liu, I thought, was pretty good um, last week. And he's generally been preferred over Butcher in, in previous games. So... I kind of feel maybe Liu keeps that spot because Butcher's been pretty good off the bench. What I'm curious about is whether maybe Butcher ends up starting on the right edge for Albo, but we'll see. Yeah, that would be think... really interesting if he did because he's been a gun when he plays 80 minutes on an edge. Yeah, I think um, for this game, though, you wouldn't look at any Warriors players. If you still got them in your team, I'd be leaving them on the pine, and it's probably time to get rid of Katoa and if you've still got him, um, JTB as well. Um, for the Roosters, mate, pick your poison who you'd play this week. I think Kiri could score. Kyle Flanagan, Tedesco, obviously. Takiaho, he's going good. If, if Mitchell Orbison does start on that edge and you needed to wanted some money for next week, um, I don't mind him as a downgrade from Crichton. If it's just like, if it, if he stays on that edge, which is a big if because he gets moved around a lot. But yep. even if he even if he played three games there, getting forties for you, he's going to make some money. Then you can flip him away, and the roosters <laughs> the roosters have got a pretty good um, run coming up the next three games. So it's it's not a bad shout. It it's, it wouldn't be the be the best. I don't think, even though I'm thinking of doing it. Depend- he's really cheap, right? <laughs> yeah, he's really cheap. Depending on how um they run out for for my trades this week, I I need to wait to see how they run out to decide who I'm going to get. But um, yeah, he's he's just his cheapness. It, it like it's low risk at the price he's at, really. Yeah, you say that, but he could he could score a twenty five and eighty minutes on an edge sometimes, so it might not be great either. Uh, look, yeah, look, the price, the break-even, it's all there. He, he's not a bad shout, for sure. Um, just really quickly, back to the Warriors. Uh, I know you said to skip them all, but, I mean, Jazz Tavanga, right? A lot of people were keen to start the year with him. Even if he gets flogged, I mean, he still managed a decent score on the weekend, um, playing about 47 minutes, and, and he got a bit junky at the end with a, a line break assist, an offload, and a try contribution all in that one play in the final minute, but... He still would have churned out close to 60 points in 47 minutes. I think his minutes going to keep going up. 
So, you know, this is, was a 70-75 average Jazz Tavanga last year. I mean, there's a bit of appeal there, right? Uh, yeah, maybe. Not really for me, though. He's just too injury-prone. Yeah, fair call. I, I mean, just, we've seen yeah. a lot of it, right? So Yeah. I, I guess with <laughs> the way the season is already, there's so many injuries already. Um, uh, yeah, I can understand not he's, wanting to be too interested in that one. Yeah, he's killed Harris, though. If if he's uh, still in your team, he's probably a trade-out as long as Jazz is around. Yeah, and that was something we did say, you know, about a month ago when we thought Jazz was first coming back into the team. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, all right, moving on to the next game, the Sharks and the Dragons. We've got for the Sharks, Toby Rudolph starting at lock. Scott Sorensen's a bit injured. Tyler Kai starts in the back row with Nakora suspended. And uh, Jack Williams and also a new debutant, Teague Hilton. Wilton, sorry, are the new names on the bench. Uh, with the Dragons, so suspension for Tariq Sims. Surprise, surprise. And then Fui Mayono gets to start again, but Jacob Host joins the interchange. So the way the Dragons have been running out, often Fui starts, but he still only gets about 55, 60 minutes, even playing on that starting role for the edge. So that's kind of gross. And I think if you still got him, you're probably still trying to get him out of your team, basically. Yeah. Uh, any names jumping out? Nah, not really. I mean, most people would probably... Actually, um, Hemlin Ueli, is he the next Fafita or what? <laughs> We've been calling him that. He's a young Fafita. He looks he looks so much like him, right? The way he plays. Uh, it, it genuinely reminds me of a young Andrew Fafita. And I think that's the way they're trying to use him, almost. Um, yeah, but he, he runs a little bit straighter, I think, than what um, Fafita yeah. used to, but... Mate, he's on a try-scoring streak at the minute. Absolutely, and that the one he got on the week on the weekend was almost too easy. Like he just ran a really good line, got the pass at the perfect time, and just steamrolled everyone in front of him. So, yeah, I mean, he's just not getting enough minutes to really warrant getting him in. But um, it, it's been a nice little run for the try-scoring uh, machine that he is at the moment. Yeah, if I was like. They've got some good forwards left there. There's probably, like, they've got enough of the young guys coming through. You could probably nearly let someone like, and I know he's playing some all right footy, but Aaron Wood, someone like that, you could probably free some money up there. Looks like a, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're actually coming together pretty well. Um, Talakai starting is um, interesting as well. Like I don't think an option for Supercoach, but just um, um, yeah, him him getting the run uh, now that Nakora is out, uh, an inter- inter- interesting selection too. He's a big boy though, so I don't know if he can handle those eighty minutes. Uh, but it's interesting because he obviously used to be an outside back and played in the centres. I think when he was at the Rabbitohs. Uh, and, and a bit of an edge back row. So the the fact that he's been playing middle this year because <laughs> he's stacked on the weight, I just I, I think it's funny. And then when there's been injuries, like they threw Talakai into the centres. I'm just like, that's the biggest centre I've seen for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but look, Sienna Katoa, he's now on the right wing permanently, it seems, despite Mulatalo coming back. He's said pretty much that he's... He, he just told John Morris, as in Ronaldo told John Morris that he was willing to play on wherever he wanted um, him to play, so he didn't insist on playing right wing. So that, to me, kind of says Sione's going to have that right wing on the lockdown for the time being. 
And that's great news for him. We saw, obviously, again, you know, almost race the bat. Uh, and, you know, he's running with some venom again, getting those tackle busts. I kind of, you know, I've still got him, and I kind of am really happy that I do because this Sharks run is just, it's just weirdly soft, you know. There's so many winnable games for them, and I, I genuinely feel Katoa could end up being a top five center wing by the end of his season, by the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, and he, obviously he has those low games. It's, it's funny how when some people say that, oh, it's just a game of footy, they should be able to play left and right, but um. It doesn't always work out like that. And he's one of those players that obviously prefers one side of the field to the other. So, yeah, if he's if he's going to jag some tries like that and the Sharks are playing good footy, if you've got him, I, I don't know why you'd jump off. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously SJ, he's been on fire. Uh, I mean, when I got him in round three, he dropped a 20 for me. But then since then, he, I don't think he's scored below like 55 or whatever since then he's averaging a good you know 70 plus for that time so i mean i'm, I'm gonna ride that until i'm um, probably the end of the season i can't see a reason to trade him out in the current form that he's in yeah no i agree then over on the dragons obviously lomax is still just churning out those points i think we talked about it but I, he's actually the fourth center wing this year and that kind of blows my mind right because we didn't think he was going to be much chop after the first two weeks but that move to right center has been so good for him yeah and i mean it just um flies in the face of like we were every every, i think at the start of um both seasons we've said the template um stack your back your second rowers go cheap as you can in the centers and here's lomax and kurt man the cheap, two cheap centers at the start of the year who just keep pumping out the scores that oh no, I know I got rid of, I've got rid of them. I, I don't know. Actually, I don't think I even had ever had Lomax, but yeah, they, they, it, it just goes to show you sometimes you just got to stick to that template and um, don't move yeah. away from it. It can be easy to, to, to trick yourself, right? Because I mean, for me, I ended up starting Arrow over Madison. And that was because I wanted to have BJ in my center wing to start with instead of Kurt Mann or something like that. So, you know, that would have been such a huge difference for me to have Maddo from round one uh, instead of, you know, Arrow, who's just been, unfortunately, um, Justin Holbrook. And, um, you know, having Kurt Mann from round one instead of, well, BJ, who's been frustrating to say the least, uh, it would have been a huge difference for my season. But anyway, it is what it is. Uh, look, real quick, Ben Hunt still playing 80 minutes, available halfback only. I genuinely think it's it's probably too late almost. Um, he would have been a good pod. Does have some pretty good games coming up, but I kind of feel like it's you know too 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 late. There's better options probably, but uh, I think the main issue with this is it's impacting Cam McInnes, who played 80 minutes on the weekend at lock, but only scored 61 points. What's your take on that? Do you reckon McInnes is still a, a go, or do you think he's just not quite? Nah, I, I think him moving's dropped him back into that Cam Murray. Jake Turbo. Of, yeah, yep. sort, that sort of territory. Like, not a bad option, but he, he's not up there with you. I think it, the, the standout three is Madison, Lolo, and Crichton. Yeah, which obviously with Crutton missing for a couple of weeks, that obviously makes it a little bit harder. So if you have McInnes, that's great. He's easy to plug in there. But otherwise, I'm not going to go out of my way to trade him in at this point in time. 
Um, next game, Raiders and Rabbitohs. With the Raiders, they obviously lose uh, Michael Oldfield. Uh, Jordan Rapana plays centre with Semi Valame starting on a wing. He was off the bench last week. And they've got Harley Smith-Shields, a bit of the preseason hype there. Uh, but he's joined the bench now. So the other big news, obviously, John Bateman showing up in Jersey 21. So that'll be interesting to see what's going on there. But I, I don't expect him to play at this point in time. I think it's just, yeah, maybe he's close. So that's good good signs there. For the Rabbitohs, they've lost Ethan Lowe and James Roberts to injuries. Campbell Graham is back from injury, though. And also, Bailey Sirenen gets the start on the edge. Uh, I would assume the left edge. And then Jack Johns joining the interchange. Uh, who stands out for you in this game? This this game actually will be interesting to see how um, Cook goes. I know the Raiders are still... They're, pro- they're still under strength, but... Their pack's been not going too bad, so um, we'll see how if the South Pack can get over the top of them, and if not, see how Cook's actually going with that. Standouts though, there's not many. The one one that's interesting is maybe Rapana at centre. You might Jared Croker might be an interesting downgrade if you need a Hail Mary um, uh, or that. No. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but they're um, they're not. Yeah, no, actually, maybe not. Not with the injuries <laughs> they've got. Um, I, I don't mind this. Um, Tom Starling, he he played some good footy in the juniors and um Reggie's last year. Uh, he's a he's not a bad little player. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Havili can actually keep him. On the bench, he's the only issue with him is he's he's only he's only a slight little fella, but some of those guys are starting to um, show that they can still do a bit with Blake Braley in there, players like that. But just his size worries me. Defending in the middle, and he's still young, but see how he goes. Uh, I'd keep an eye on him, but obviously with Smith, Cook, all those guys. Grant, you're not going to downgrade to him, probably. You don't want a rookie in a high-scoring position. Cody Cody Walker, I've got him. <laughs> Hopefully he can jag some points. He's, he somehow, I've got lucky with some updates lately, and I don't know, I've, I'm trying to find a way to get him out, but I've just got some other issues with the team. He's just too too much of a roller coaster for me. Um <laughs> It's Jack- hard watching him, isn't it? Oh, so hard. I did mention that before you traded him in, but yeah, he's, done a, he's done a right score, scoring-wise yeah. anyway. Yeah, his scores have been all right, but they've been hard, like nerve-wracking watching him get there with some late junk and stuff like that. Jackson Paulo looked all right. Yep. But again, you, you probably look at this stage, you're probably looking to nuff out more than bring in some cows and who knows how long he's going to be in there. And also keep an eye on um, Bailey Siren, and it'll be interesting to see how he goes too. Yeah, and look, I think just on Cook real quick, I, mean, I get what you're saying about you know seeing how he goes against this with with the Raiders pack being decent, but the fact is like since round three, since he's come back, he's not scored below 60. And you look at it, he's got 71, 60, 66, 108, 61, 78, 97, 138. So. You can say, yeah, he's not going to score a double every week, but those scores are not, not nothing to sneeze at. And whatever's happening, uh, whatever, you know, we thought the rules were going to benefit him. 
Um, it hasn't really shown up in the way of attacking stats, but the scores reflect that he's getting it done, basically. So I really think, uh, looking, looking at it now, it'll be interesting to see how the trade trends go, but uh, Cam Smith actually has more trade-ins at the moment than Damien Cook, and they've got the similar ownership before the start of this week. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. I, I genuinely feel either of these guys could, could be a good option this week. Oh, sorry. I'll just just a little bit of pushback on that one. Um, like he's he he has come back and he, he's seventy one against the Roosters was decent. Sixty and sixty six against the Gold Coast, okay. Hundred and eight versus New Zealand, and then his other hundred and thirty eight came against Newcastle, which had the two tries. The ninety seven versus West Tigers was all right, but they the, the Tigers got bullied that game. I just feel like those teams don't have great defences. And obviously Penrith are defending pretty well this year. He got a 61. And a 61 you're not going to complain about. But when you've got, like, Cook who's going large and Harry Grant, I don't think you want – I just don't know if you want him against teams like he's got Parramatta, Melbourne, Roosters left. Um, He's also got a run of easier games like the Broncos and North Queensland are in there. But – it's a bit up and down for him, and just for that reason, I think I'd go Smith. Just he's got the he's got the goal kick, and then he's at an average of eighty one for Cam Smith. That's that's pretty crazy. So yeah. um, I know a lot of people are going to jump on Cook, but I'd probably pivot and go Smith myself. I honestly don't think you can really go wrong with either of them. So that's why we said maybe you know getting going from say Grant and. Coruscant to Smith and Cook would be a, actually a bit of a pod move to to pivot fully from that. I mean, just briefly, like, so after the Raiders, obviously that's a bit of a tough game, but, I mean, he's scored 102 on them before. Then he's got the Dragons. His max score against them is 123. His career average against them is 76. Then he's got the Broncos, max score 109. Uh, and then, obviously, the Cowboys, max score 146. Career average of... 92 against the Cowboys so it could be a pretty good month for Cook um so yeah look uh, like I said I don't really don't think you're gonna go wrong whether you get Smith or Cook um but both could go pretty well for the next month for sure with the Raiders so um Josh Papali I mean he scores tries for fun and I I really feel like when this team needs him he steps up so I kind of like him as a pod in that front forward position but there's more priorities for sure this week I wouldn't be looking at him with the next game, the Knights and the Bulldogs, first game on the Sunday afternoon. For the Knights, they are unchanged from last week. And the Bulldogs, Jake Avarillo comes back. Um, Marcello Matoya goes to the wing and Christian Crichton out of the team. And then they've got Brandon Wakeham, so an outside back, or sorry, a half rather, replacing Suazo Su on the bench. So there'll be three forward bench. Um, sorry, no, it's a, they've got Sione Katoa there, so... Kind of two props, a bench hooker and a, brand, a bench half. So that'd be interesting if that's how they end up going out for the Bulldogs. Load up on Knights? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the Bulldogs can have that scrappy game. But again, I'd, I'd probably I'd probably be more inclined to vice-captain and captain players from the Storm or the Roosters. Yeah, so I just feel... Knights haven't been in great form. They've been a bit clunky, but Caelan Ponga bounced back. Bradman Best bounced back. That's a pretty... They're a pretty handy combo down that left. I, I don't know about Holden 
best right through to the end, or even though Newcastle do have a pretty good run, I just think maybe there might be some better scorers there than him. But if you can't get around to fixing your centres, he's definitely playable there with their run. Yeah, I think Clemmer could be an interesting pick in the forwards if you need him. But, um, yeah, the Newcastle should be able to do do over the Bulldogs this week. I'm actually thinking one of my options is to actually get Bradman Best back in. So I traded him out at his max price, turns out. Um, and does kind of half luck, half planning. And, yeah, I mean, he's he's decent price, back under 380000 or something like that. So he's up against Carrot Holland this week, and that kind of screams like a really, really good matchup. So I'm very tempted to get him back in, because like I said, I do need to set a wing. Uh, I'm just going to decide if that's going to be better for me overall, whether, you know, I was... Tossing up a couple of options there to, to get another forward for Angus Crichton or whether I just um, yeah look at going Latrell to Bradman Best or, yeah, still haven't quite worked it out. But, yeah, look, there's there's a couple of interesting matchups here, I think. If you had Jake Avarillo, um, probably don't play him, right, if you could avoid it. Yeah, if you can avoid it, I wouldn't, but I'd probably be playing him over the Broncos centers if you got them. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, all right. What about Luke Thompson? Have you been keeping an eye on him? He's played two games now. He's had 60 minutes and then 64. Uh, so minutes are great. His work rate's not quite there for Supercoach yet. I think he scored a 45 the first week and a 51 the second week. But with this bench, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Thompson building up to 80 minutes at this point. Yeah, but even even if he does, like you've got blokes like like obviously Payne's up there at a seventy five average, but even Carrigan's at a sixty three average, and I I just don't think like I don't know if I'd sideways trade from there. I yeah. don't think he's going to go much above a sixty average, even if he gets that those minutes. Might not be because he's not a good player, and he might turn out to be all right next year. But for this year, I just think the dogs are struggling. Yeah, I think it's a fair call. Uh, I mean, there's really not much to in, to interest you in the Bulldogs, is there? Um, with the the Knights, sorry, with the Knights, I mean, they obviously lost Daniel Safiri to injury. Jacob Safiri's playing prop now, and there were a few HIA related confusions with the with the rotations and things like that. Uh, Mitch Barnett, I find quite interesting. Like, I, I like watching him play. He's a bit of a loose unit. A uh, bit of skill, has a nice offload, has can can ball play a bit, but coming off the bench, I mean, I mean, Adam O'Brien starting Eden Guerra over Mitch Barnett at the moment, and I'm just trying to think, I can't work out why. <laughs> I mean, do you have, do you think is there a reason for that? Oh no, I have no idea. I mean, Barnett, even he's always looked like a decent like a really good prospect, but then he just gets injured and he just hasn't lived up to that potential he's always had. But again, yeah, I'd be giving him a start in over some of the, like even um, SASA, I'd probably play him even at lock over yeah. him. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right. And then the last game of the round, we've got the Titans and the Panthers for the Titans. Copley's back from injury. So Sammy's off to the wing and, Tremaine Spry, uh, coolest name in the, in the NRL. He's out of the side. 
Proctor's back from his injury and comes straight in for Fermore, who has been dropped altogether. And then Fogarty, he went off injured at the end, back end of last week, but is still named here. So, I mean, not that he's really that relevant. For the Panthers, Dylan Edwards is out with the hamstring issue and Appy with uh, an elbow issue that sees um, Mitch Kenny come in at hooker. Caleb Aiken's back in at fullback. And then uh, Dean Fare as well with the joint adductor issue. He's out. So Brent Naden's in. And Malachi with Tini Zelesniak's onto the wing rather than, uh, I think, maybe, what's his name, Charlie Staines is still in quarantine. So he's probably not available for selection for at least another week. But, I mean, this is a pretty tasty matchup for the Panthers. Um, Cleary, obviously a great option. And surely people have him by now, right? Yeah, I think most people, if you didn't have him to start the year with, surely you should have swapped when Moses went down. And if you haven't got him in, then you're probably playing the game wrong. But, um, yeah. It's all right. You can, you can have him but still be playing the game wrong. I think I'm proof <laughs> yeah, of that, right? That's, that's what I'm doing currently. Um, <laughs> look, he's... It, it, I don't know. He's a potential captain option again. Um like I said, I'm not changing the captaincy off Tedesco, but um, yeah. <laughs> in, in a matchup like this, he's definitely an option. Someone who I got on at probably the right time was um, Crichton. And I, I know that Mansell got, ended up with an all right score, but I'd be, I'd be a bit worried if I was an, an owner of Mansell just because Crichton... <laughs> Crichton loves to score a try and he doesn't like to pass to get there. So It's so funny, right? Because when he first came in, like the first two weeks, I felt like, you know, he was happy to pass the ball to Mansour and did a bit of ball playing. But as 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 his confidence has grown, it's like, you know, I'm actually really good. I can do this. I'm just going to hog the ball and do it myself. <laughs> it generally feels like that's what's happening here. Yeah, uh, and, he, and he, is, he is a good player. Someone who might be... He, he got a good score, an 88, so his, his break-even's probably heading in the right direction too. Um, James Fisher-Harris wouldn't be a bad shout if you're um, looking to get off Crichton. People who held kick-out, this will be another good match-up for him. And it maybe even Liam Martin on the other edge. But, yeah, I, I, I definitely think you need Cleary in if you haven't got him yet. They've got a good run home too. Yeah, and I know a lot of people with Jerome Luai kind of thinking, well, why do I need to trade him out? He he still can bust out a decent score getting those attacking stats. Um, I generally think like there's bigger issues if you, in your team if you feel like you need to trade out Luai. Basically, he could easily be a hold for, as your fourth, you know, center wing. Oh, sorry, no, as your fourth half, um, given his dual position and can move around. Um, so, like, having SJ and, and Luai would be a good kind of little combo. You could shift them around as you needed to. So, yeah, I, if you had him, like, I think just keep holding him. And, you know, it maybe if you really need to cash, you can cash him in when he reaches, reaches his peak. But for now, like, he seems like he's perfectly fine as a backup option whenever you need him. Um, but, look, I think that's probably the extent of the team list. Not too much, um, uh, I think, we need to talk about. Uh, one thing I will flag real quick is Dane Laurie, named in the 19. Um, there are some whispers he might come in and play in the wing. I, I don't know if that's just wishful thinking, but he's he's got that um, really weird dual position where he's front row forward, center wing. 
Um, and that's because I think when they put him into the system initially, they thought it was the other Dan Laurie, <laughs> <laughs> the old prop. <laughs> uh, but he, he's definitely an outside back. He's a winger. Uh, so that's why they added the center wing option later on. And he's just got this really unique <laughs> dual positioning now. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think even if, even if that's true, he comes on, he's not going to be there for long. So no, but like if, as far as, you know, a dual position enough goes, he's bottom dollar. Really interesting dual position. Could be handy for a trade or two, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. It could be an AE issue, though, this week if he somehow gets in there. Or he could be scoring five tries like Charlie Sands did. Or <laughs> <All> that. <laughs> yeah, well, four tries rather. But, yeah, I just thought it was really interesting. I, I noticed him hanging around on the extended bench, so I thought I'd give him a bit of a shout-out. But look, um, that's the team. So, you know, as always, good to go chat through it. But So bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. Let's have a think about captaincies this week. So we did get a question from one of our champs. So he's tweeted us at jgrams23. He's, uh, he's asking, how much should slash will you consider the weather in your captaincy choice with the likelihood of rain in six matches this weekend. The big options of Teddy, Munster, Pong, and Cleary all facing wet games. Is it better to chase base? So, you know, the likes of your Payne Haas, Jason Tumbalolos, instead of the high upside guys like your Teddy, Munster, Pong, and Cleary options. Um, it all depends. If if I was 100-and-something points and winning Supercoach, then I'd, I, might, I might do that. But... So far, even with the 70, and people were whinging about a 70 from Tedesco, that that's still a decent captaincy score. So I'm sticking it on Tedesco. I've said that. I'm not moving it off. And for mine, I think you'd, I think your vice captaincy has to, like if you and if you didn't want a captain Tedesco, obviously it could be a vice captain Tedesco, captain um, Cleary if you've got the right um, MPRs for that to happen. Otherwise, um, personally for me, it'd be Vice-Captain Smith, Captain Tedesco. And I, I do get that, but if, you, if you're chasing points, I'd definitely captain an upside fella. Um, the yeah. Only, yeah, the only reason I'd be going for bases if I was right up at the pointy end with a shot to win it and didn't really need to risk that much. I think for me, like, I always do look at weather, but... Sometimes I feel sometimes that we can really be guilty of overanalyzing. Like we get a bit too paranoid about a bit of wet. It's just more if it's pouring down. Yeah, sure, that's probably an issue, and it might turn into a bit of a slop, a bit of a slugfest. You know, they, they just, there's not much passing because ball handling's an issue, and they're just lot, lots of uh, one out running. The forwards just ramming into each other. So yeah, the, that could be some of the times where yeah you might want to pivot away if it really is pouring. But if it's just a light sprinkle, a couple of showers during the day, the grounds itself, you know, for the most part is dry. I think that's perfectly fine to captain an up, high upside guy, especially if they've still got decent base. Like Teddy's just been on fire. Like he's just so involved, isn't afraid to take the hit up, likes to because he wants to get his hands on the ball and just hits it up. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that isn't really a concern for me overall. And they're, they're, they're coming off a, a loss that they'll be hurting from. So I think, mm. I definitely think he'll be looking to make sure they get a, a win back on the board. 
Yeah, but I'm sure they don't. They realise they don't need to push too hard, all right, against the, the Warriors who are, you know, they're fielding half a team, so they're starting to lose their players and stuff like that. So, yeah, look, I, I think, you know, Teddy's a really safe option this week, to be honest, unless it's suddenly pouring rain, which I don't think it is. But uh, the only other thing I would suggest here, and this is purely because of, uh, it's very relevant to my team at the moment. Uh, I have a lot of injuries and suspensions and people not in my team, basically. So what that means is I might only have 18 or 19 players and I basically could potentially, depending on my trades, only have three center wing options that I could play. Uh, so that means I could practically get a free shot at a VC loop. So kind of like when you had buys, right? You only had 17, 18 players available. Uh, it could be a genuine option to just go one short in a different position because you'll get the one AE, like one or two players as your AE options there. So for me, I could potentially look at, say, vice-captaining Teddy, who is in the fourth game of the round, and maybe having Cleary as a backup option. And the way I might do that is, you know, I could watch and see, and I can look at my... Because my potential AE options, uh, for the most part, except for Avarillo, are, are going to be playing early on. So I could see what those scores are. And then, if it's a, a if it's you know <laughs> all those AE options are pretty decent, and I could end up just going captaining my fourth center wing who is enough or you know who's injured uh, after I see what Teddy's vice captain score. If I'm going to get an AE anyway, that's one way I could play it. And I get two bites at the cherry basically. So if your team's banged up like mine is, that is a genuine option for you this week. So I just thought I'd talk through that. Um, and you can have a think about how you can structure the team um, and maybe even your trades to set yourself up to a potential outcome where, you know, you might only have one or two players that you need to look at and see what they score before you go ahead and, um, you know, lock in your captain or your vice captain score. Hopefully that makes sense. If it didn't, just hit me up on Twitter. I can help happily uh, try talk it through in a bit more detail if that makes sense. Uh, but look, what are you thinking for trades at this moment? I'm I'm really liking the look of the Roosters next three games, especially coming off the loss. So I've currently got Ikevalu and I've got Tedesco, and I think I know it's seven hundred and something k, and I that's a lot of money to be paying. But I think I want to get Morris in, so I'm going to trade. This is it's going through a couple of um, jewels here, so I can get rid of Coruscant and Crichton. I can move Walters up to Hooker. Right, yep. I can then move Avarillo into halfback. And yep. then I can bring in Brett Morris there. So that way I've got the fullback and the two wingers. So I think they're going to put some points up. And no matter where it comes from, I should be getting some points from there. And then my other trade, I'll have 486000 to get a second rower. So... I'm currently looking at, I was looking at Felice Kafusi, maybe Bromwich now that you mentioned him. Obviously, they'd just be three-week sort of rental thing for the next three games. Maybe kick out, and then at, I might even wait to see who, who the Roosters name on that edge, if it's or, or even if Butcher starts at locker on the edge and get either Butcher or maybe Orbison. <laughs> But I've, so I've got a few options for that second trade, but I definitely think I need to get 
Brett Morris in, I just feel I just feel that he's he's still a bit of a pod territory there under ten percent. So I, I need to get rid of I, I need to not play both of those Broncos centers. So I have to put someone in there. I might look at Katoa and see if I can get a better player in the second row yet, but for the moment Brett Morris is locked in. That's going to be quite a pod move because obviously he's super expensive, but I think his ownership's quite low. Uh, so yeah, look, I don't hate that at all. It's obviously you know high risk, uh, but yeah, where where we are, or more so where 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 I am, you got to take those risks for sure. I'm really torn on mine. I honestly haven't worked out what I'm doing. I've got a lot of options. Um, you know, initially, my plans were just to get Munster in. Uh, via Avarillo, I've got him currently at halfback, so I can move him back to centre wing and then obviously fill in a, a gap there. And then Sean Johnson would move that reserve halfback for me, and I'll have Monsters my starting 5 eighth. And then, you know, downgrade Crichton to, you know, whatever makes makes the trade work for me, because I could do Crichton and uh, Luttrell to, say, Munster and Tavanga if I wanted to do it that way. But I'm not sure, um, after, especially after you um, you talked Tavanga down a bit for me. That's put a <laughs> put a bit of damp in there. And now with Appy out, I'm kind of thinking like it makes sense to trade him. Uh, we don't know how long he's out for, but you know, like I said, getting he's like 47% ownership. So jumping from him to someone who's 13% owned, owned in Cam Smith makes a lot of sense to me. But it means I can't get Munster, and it means that I have to either trade in. Like, I might have to go Latrell to Bradman Best, for example, to free up the funds to go uh, Coruscant to Smith. So that's one option I'm looking at. Um, <laughs> the other option is I could probably just do, say, Tessie New, who's injured now. I could just do him um, to to Orbo, and I can go Coruscant to Smith quite easily. So, yeah, I, I've got a lot of options. I haven't figured out what I'm doing. I'm also trying to think, well, if... Latrell's back next week, and he's got that sweet run of the Dragons, Broncos, and Cowboys. I think maybe I'll just, like, so many people have sold him, right? So, because I've had bigger fish to deal with, uh, it might actually be to my benefit to just hold him for another month, and hopefully he jags one or two big scores, and then I can sell him for a bit of a profit from where he's at now. So, yeah, I, I'm a bit of a – I'm all over the shop right now, so <laughs> I'll have to think and work at that over the next day or two. But, yeah, it, it's it's a really tough week, but I, I certainly think there's a lot of potential to catch up as long as you, you know, make the right plays. So, yeah, looking at the likes of low ownership but high, high ceiling pods like your Brett Morris's or things like that, I, I certainly think it's uh, it's worth looking into, if, especially if you're far back like me. <laughs> hmm. Anyway, uh, look, I think that's enough for this week. Um, shout out to all of our champs as always um, that Discord is keeping us busy. Um, I've heard that they want to hear more from you, mate. So you know, stick your head in there a bit more. <laughs> yeah, I um, <laughs> I I just mentioned on the last pod too. I, the missus has got um a few of her girlfriends coming over, so I'm gonna be the odd man out. I've just decked out the man cave, so I'll um make me way in there this weekend and I'll get onto the chat and um say good day to a few of the boys there. <laughs> That'll be good. Sounds like uh, you'll have your, yourself in a physical man cave and then hide out in a virtual man cave as well. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, look, we, we appreciate all the support there. Thank you for listening. And, you know, if 
Again, please leave us reviews to help us know what we can improve. Um, you can do that on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app you use. Um, please make sure you subscribe in whatever podcast um, program or app you use because that means you can get our episodes since they drop, especially for our late mail editions that come out on the Thursday. Uh, often, you know, we get Wacko Jacko's mail and then um, I'll usually answer your Twitter questions and then, yeah, um, give a few final thoughts for the week. But, uh, yeah, check that out if you haven't listened to those in the past. But anyway, that's enough for us for today. We will catch you again soon. Cheers, guys. Have a good one.